fixin' the leaf blower. Using this wrench to fix it, it's a leaf blower. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new and able to fix lawnmower <laughs> fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. And I'm Michael Favor. And today we're reviewing 2-3 Truth and Lies by Beth Culp and Leah Gardner, episode 16 on our Return to Gilead. Lawnmower? Yes. Oh. Lawnmower. I guess we can fix both lawnmowers and leaf blowers, but you know. Same difference, right? Oh, was it? Was it? A, it was a leaf blower. It's a leaf blower. Okay. I'm using this it's wrench leaf to blower. fix the leaf blower. You know what? I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change what I say. I'm no! gonna change what I said. Don't do that. We're leaving this in. We're gonna. We're gonna just roll with it unless you really want to fix By it. By two new but honest fans of the show. Okay, I could put that in. Do you want me to put that in? You or could. You just keep this in I don't the... know. You know? How's it going, Michael? Hi, <laughs> it's going fine. I'm gonna read the summary for today's episode if you're cool with that. Do it. When Maya starts telling lies at school about her family history and about Grace, Michael isn't sure what to do. Meanwhile, Timmy tries to just tell the truth to his family members. What's interesting about these two episodes is that they both play into the larger discussion that we were having a, a while back as, as far as the release schedule goes for the podcast about should Grace have told the truth about what was going on to the kids? So this episode deals with the truth aspect. Next episode deals with the fact of if you see somebody else doing something wrong, you should do something about it. But I don't want to talk mm. about that because I know we can get really, really. Uh, <laughs> We're going to call a truce here. <laughs> please, please, truce. Anyway, Ryan. Um, yes. I like these episodes. I am a big fan. I do, too. I think we need at some point. Uh, you guys can leave comments or uh-huh. audio messages about what you think about this. But. We need to make T-shirts or something that just say Timmy <laughs> is adorable on them. Yes, because or we can, I get yeah. the feeling we're going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk about how this episode does. I'm just telling the truth. Slightly better than Odyssey. Oh yeah, actually, I've got I've got stuff to say about this. This is the original episode. This came out before the episode on Odyssey. Really good to yes. know. Good uh-huh. to know. Uh-huh. So. So here's the thing. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I, I read the title of this episode before we listened to it, but I couldn't remember the plot. But I did remember that kind of vaguely that someone starts telling the truth to a nasty fault or something like that. And initially I thought it was Haley because uh, just I was I was actually thinking of a future episode called Can You Handle the Truth? Where Haley deals with sort of, sort of something similar, but it's kind of the inverse of this episode. But... Going into the episode thinking that it was going to be Haley, yeah. Uh, with that in mind, I was prepared to say in this review that my one criticism criticism with this episode is that it doesn't feel natural for Haley to make the mistake of thinking it's okay to assault people with the truth. But then as I was listening, I remembered it's actually Timmy who gets confused. And it works really well because it's Timmy yes! who gets confused. Right, because the conflict that's set up is that Maya is telling lies and being a horrible liar. And we have a great scene where she tells a story. We can talk about that in a second, but it ends with Michael saying, that wasn't even a good story. And then transition to Mary and Timmy <laughs> who are working on the leaf blower. And Timmy overhears the conversation. And it's so cute because he just cuts in like, lying's bad. Yes, yes, it is, Timmy. And then he proceeds to, off of that one or two lines from that conversation, go ham and just not hold anything back about his opinions. And it's great for Timmy because it's so innocent. But here's another thing. I was talking a while ago about how Justin is a great complex character. Guess what? Timmy is a possibly even better complex character in this episode. You know why? Why? 
Now, because at the end, when he realizes what he's been doing wrong about telling the truth from his mom, the reason he gets emotional isn't entirely because of that one conversation with Grace. It's also because he realizes that he's been doing that with his whole family. And now this is something I do a lot. He starts to overthink it like, oh, no, do I need to go apologize to everybody? I don't know why this was happening or why I was thinking this way. And eventually he cools down. Even though he's really young, he figures out what he's supposed to do and apologizes and everything's good. Yeah. In fact, can we listen to that clip? That's the clip of the day for this episode. Sure. You have to do it gently and with love. Yeah, to me. And you shouldn't insult another person's fashion sense. Haley, let me please. But I don't get it, Mommy. Okay. <clears throat> now tell me what you didn't like about Grace's sauce. It was too salty. All right. Now how do you think you could have said that to Grace? I don't know. Timothy? Maybe I just could have said that I thought it was too salty. Okay. It's fantastic because it doesn't diminish what Timmy is feeling about the sauce or about wanting to tell the truth. But it also brings out one fantastic acting from Nathan Heckman. This is his best episode so far. And he's like he's just a little guy in this. And he continues to be a great actor and a great character for the rest of the series. And also, it has a great parenting moment from Mary where she sits him down and says, okay, okay, I know you feel this way. Now, let's talk about what could you have done? What did you do? And how can we fix it? It's, it's great. I really, really love it. And the way that uh, Mary handles it, like it, just in the writing, the writer understands there are different ways to talk to different ages. The way that she's handling this is not the way she would talk to Justin, for example. She's very patient with recognizing like he's not getting it at first. He said he says, I'm not yet I don't get it, mommy. And she's patient. She doesn't go like, Oh, well, you should you should get it. <laughs> get with the program. But she kind of leads leads him into asking the right questions to get to the place where he can get it. And so I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and with the complex emotions, the way she did talk to Justin was I think she was gonna go in there and say, Hey, this is the spiritual tie-in that I think you're missing here. And Justin already had that. Justin had already gone to scripture and already knew what he was supposed to do. Timmy legitimately doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. So it's cool how we've seen the stuff with Haley last season. And now we're getting even more with Timmy. Is the Timmy and Mr. Key stuff, is that in this season or the next season? But it's it's coming up eventually where Timmy is an even uh, more of a major character than he was in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, some sometime soon. Yeah, as, as that progresses, it's cool to see. It is cool to see the difference in how Mary approaches it. Contrasting this with, uh, we we had talked very briefly that Odyssey has done this before, and I uh -huh. don't want to talk about Odyssey too much. But the way that Odyssey attacked this issue was they had a character do something very similar to Timmy, but the mistake that they made was they chose Tamika Washington, who was like what. 12, 13, something like that uh, yeah, at the time. Yeah. It's a lot harder to suspend disbelief and say a 12 or 13 year old would totally make this mistake versus like, is Timmy five, six? I'm thinking he's six or seven. Yeah. It, it makes a lot more sense for a six or seven year old to think literally like that because children that age actually do have less brain development to think in non-literal terms. Like they, they tend to look at things and tend to believe things like, like, for example, sarcasm. Sometimes mm -hmm. kids that age have trouble understanding sarcasm because 
when you say a thing, they don't understand that a certain tone implies that you're meaning the opposite of what your Fun words fact, say. I always take sarcasm literally until proven otherwise. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, that's actually not the worst way. <laughs> so, so, I try to trust people. Yeah, like sometimes I'd say that's actually, you know, that's it's not that's bad, fair. But some people, some people are too sarcastic. <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, anyway, thanks, Ryan. What? Sarca- no, I'm trying to be sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it, it works very well here because they choose a six or seven year old to have this issue, and it's the only situation I think where that would work. To have a character who misunderstands the use of the truth to a fault. No, and even more than that, do you know what I'm going to say here about the difference between Gilead and Odyssey? That Gilead will focus on a small issue and expand it over a larger conversation with the parents and with the kids. Timmy's thing is the one thing he says to Grace is, yuck. One word that's indicative of the way he's been feeling and the way he's been talking Tamika, however, on Odyssey goes through a whole rant to Wit about how his ice cream flavor could be entered in like the worst flavor category. And she goes on for like 45 seconds, maybe 30. I don't remember how long. And again, 12 year old versus Timmy, six year old. The six year old says less and it's a more impactful story. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Beth Culp doing a great, great job over here. Yeah, definitely like thinking to Odyssey. It feels even weirder remembering that scene and being like, Really? The 13-year-old thought that she had to be so honest that she's a jerk. And she didn't see anything wrong with that. And meanwhile, Timmy, yeah, he's not being the nicest, but he's not going into overwhelming detail. He's hurting people with small comments rather than large bits of prose, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a great segue into what I was about to say, is that in the final scene... Haley says, do you just like being mean to people? And the contrast here is, who was the person who went into large bits of prose about lying? Or I guess the, op- I, I mean, maybe the opposite of telling the truth in large prose. But who's the person who did that in this episode? Um, Maya. Oh, Maya is the one like monologuing her lies. Yes. So the person who monologues, kind of not a great person, right? That makes sense, yeah. And, and the difference between that and Timmy is that Timmy's making these little mistakes. He doesn't mean to be doing it. But then with Maya, she kind of knows what she's doing, right? Yeah, and it makes sense for her to try to hurt people in a more direct way. Right. And so that contrast, that one line from Haley at the end, do you just like being mean to people, really stood out to me because that was that was also an insight to Maya. Because earlier in this episode, there's a conversation between Michael and Grace. And Grace is great again. Where I don't know if how you thought about that, but Grace says, well, have you thought about why she lies or why she makes up these stories? Maybe there's some hurt inside of her that makes her do that. Is that unfair to say? That's a good question. I was I've been trying to think about what I think about that, because I think it's accurate to say people that do bad things generally do it because there's some hurt inside them. That becomes a tricky situation, though, if. The only response whenever anyone does anything wrong is to say, oh, well, that's there's a reason that they're wrong. And it's because they have a pain inside them that makes them do that. I don't think it's the worst way to approach it because it helps you sympathize with people or empathize. One of those two. It depends on what you're using it for. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people use it to sympathize with others and help them love the other person more. But that doesn't mean that they just let that person go and other people there is a person that i know of who 
will do the same thing for people who hurt other people. So let's say a person hurts someone and then people talk to this person and say, hey, this person hurt me. And this person replies generally saying, well, the reason that that person hurt you is probably because like you don't have the whole picture. They've got this sad backstory that makes them take these actions the way that they do. And it's usually used to kind of gaslight people out of the issues they're dealing with with this person. Mm -hmm. It sort of makes it all about this person who is generally the instigator, the abuser or whatever is the person that we're supposed to have sympathy for, not the people they're abusing. Mm. And yep. mm -hmm. I think, I think like that happens a lot. within, within limits where you're saying, Oh yeah, I can still love these people who are hurting me. I think it's useful for reminding us that we should still love people. Yeah. I don't think it's useful if it means that whenever someone comes to you saying, Hey, I've got a problem with someone and I need them to stop attacking or abusing or hurting me. And you say, Oh, well I'm not, I'm going to ignore your hurt because they're hurt too. Mm. Well, that's an important part of this conversation with grace because grace starts it off by saying, I wish you wouldn't be so upset at the stories. They don't bother me and they shouldn't bother you either. So she first addresses the pro the fact that this isn't as harmful as you're making it out to be. Furthermore, I think there's something deeper that is affecting Maya, you know? Yeah. And the next episode in the context also say that if somebody is doing something wrong, uh, you don't cover for that. You do report that. Yes, yes. Sorry. I wasn't saying that the episode is wrong in the context of the episode. Well, well not even wrong. Just the ideas. Yeah, I'm just pointing out my response to Grace's teaching is that it works in a specific subset. Yes, yes. Hopefully we'll see. I don't know if Grace talks about the other context later on in other conversations or even if it's been brought up before. Was it brought up with, I guess it wasn't really brought up with Rebecca in the previous couple episodes. Mm, I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, there's one more thing I want to bring out with Timmy. When he's talking to Brooke, he goes up to the attic and Brooke is all alone having peace and quiet. And then Timmy comes up <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's great to just be alone. And then Timmy says, can you read a story to me? And she starts reading and her acting is legitimately terrible. But... Timmy laughs at it immediately and says, no, that's, that's a terrible voice. That's, that's a really bad mouse voice. Uh, fun fact, I have a friend who does the exact same thing to me whenever I try to do an Odyssey impression. What? <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. They think your Odyssey impressions are terrible? Every single one. Your Mori is spot on, though. No, I did it for her. And legitimately, she, she's, a, she's a good friend. But this one thing, and I've told her about this, this one thing, whenever I'll do an impression, she'll cringe. And I'm like, why? And she's like, oh, my friend could do that so much better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't think she's doing it to be rude. I think it's just she really admires her friend's ability to do accents and or voices. And hearing mine is just, ah. Got it. But anyway, you want to talk about Maya? Sure. What about Maya? Maya has a line in the first scene that trips me up whenever I hear it. She said, she's talking about how Finn and Grace were on a boat that was uh, touring the Statue of Liberty. And Finn lunged at the captain, I think, when the captain tried to give him a treat. And the boat rammed into the Statue of Liberty. And she, the way I hear her say it is, it knocked the George right out of her hand. I heard that too. Yeah. Elise Ascool is a great actress, but every once in a while, her enunciation is just not there. I realize now that she was supposed to say torch. Did you think it was George this whole time? I didn't know what to think she was saying. There's, there's lines like that, even in Odyssey, where for years I've heard the same person say the same thing, and sometimes I just don't know what it is. Like, there's uh -huh. a time that in uh, 
one of the episodes, a person says the two certs for dessert were great. And I only found out within the previous year that certs are a candy that is not really popular anymore, but basically it's like a gum or something. So there's lots of lines in audio dramas that I don't catch what they're really saying, and I just don't get, I don't try to guess. (laughs) I just move on. I don't think those ambiguous lines happen a lot on Gilead from what I can remember. It's just this couple of times with Maya. And even then I could tell what she was saying. It was just kind of cute that she was mispronouncing it. Uh huh. She's talking about how I thought this episode when I first heard it was originally going to be about how the Richters actually did found Coleraine and how she was kind of the boy who cried wolf. Uh, she tells all these lies and then all of a sudden one of them is true. But no, just all of them are made. All of them are made up. I feel like this episode is less of a character study and more of a kind of a philosophy study, looking at just in general. I'd say the way I'd summarize this episode's overall statement is: when thinking about the truth, there's sort of two sides to it. One, when we're trying to tell the truth, we ought to do so within a healthy bound that loves people. And when other people are not telling the truth our response is to continue to love them. So it really all comes back to love people, whether you're speaking or listening. And both storylines serve that really well. Right. And as far as the character study goes, we see the characters progress in as much as they learn those lessons along with us. Right. As I've said also in previous episodes, they don't have to learn these multiple times. It's so well presented here that we learn it, they learn it, and we can move on knowing that this is something that they've overcome. Indeed. So yeah, I am a huge fan of this. I have one more thing to bring out before we wrap this up here. All right. Mrs. Collins is great. Yes. <laughs> Her first line no, in the episode. With everybody that she teaches. Yeah. No, the first line that she has in the episode is something talking about the quiz or the, the unit on Coleraine's history. And everyone goes, aw, in the class. And she goes, and for the, uh, hello, hello, hi <laughs> to everyone. It's great. It's just a little thing. Uh, and then later on when she's talking with Michael and Maya and they're kind of at each other. And she redirects the class. How about we go to this page? And Maya starts talking again. Well, actually, my family... Page seven, Maya, I think is what she says. She's she's good. I really like her. It's nice to have a character in an audio drama that is a teacher that we hear from regularly that is literally just a good teacher. They don't have a vendetta. Mm-hmm. They're not toxic. They're not constantly persecuting the main characters or something. They're just a good teacher. We paused our review of the ties that bind we'll get back there eventually (laughs) anyway let's wrap that up right there well this was a good episode uh thank you everyone for listening to it with us yeah if you're interested you could leave an audio message we're always very excited about the audio messages yeah they're fantastic we love getting messages from people uh you can do that by going to our show notes for this episode or anchor.fm slash return to gilead there will be links to our link tree, which has that link to the audio message in there. Uh, another plug for the official Coloring Connection Funcast, the official podcast for DGL. You can now listen to that in full. Hopefully that'll stay up there, but I would highly recommend. There's tons of cool information about a bunch of the episodes from seasons 9 through 12. I should listen to that. <laughs> you should. So what's the next episode we're doing, Ryan? The next episode we're doing is episode 2-4, which is titled The Cheater by Beth Culp. And it's the introduction of Freddie Falstaff, so don't miss that one. Ooh. <laughs> I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next time as we once again return to Gilead.
but I... I don't understand. It's just supposed to be an accent. Oh. Ryan, you made the Mori reference. I didn't make the Mori reference. I didn't reference Mori. You I said my Mori impression. said the name. This I, isn't even a reference to things that happen in Odyssey. It's just a reference to a character in Odyssey. This is going at the end of the podcast. Let's, let's circle back. <laughs>